Well, this afternoon I have a different blessing over the reading of the Word than the traditional one that we've been used to. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on this law he meditates day and night. I will delight myself in his statutes. I will not forget thy word. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live, and keep thy word. Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your Torah. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Brother Mike, would you ask a blessing over the uh, sermon today? Father, thank you, Lord, for my brother's words here and in this blessing talking about the bread of life, that we need that, that man doesn't live by just bread alone, by every word that proceeds. There's a lot in there. Thank you so much, God, for giving us the word that we can meditate, think about, you know, just that you place it in our heart, just drop it in it, in there from a song or something we see, whatever. But just thank you for these moments. Thank you for this brother who I know is disciplined and learns and studies at your feet and he learns. So study, study to show yourself approved. Workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So bless him, keep him. Watch over this place, doors and windows. Your business is being done. Let not the enemy get even close. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thought came to me. A lot of people may think that the term holy roller is exclusively for the charismatic Pentecostal church because they think of those times way back in the 60s and 70s when people would literally roll down the aisles. But actually, holy roller comes from the Jewish synagogue because at the end of the Torah reading cycle, at the end of the Torah reading cycle, they were at the very end of the scroll. And once the last portion was read, they would get a, they would call an individual to roll back the scroll back to Genesis. And they called that person the holy roller because they would roll the scroll all the way from Deuteronomy back to Genesis. So we're nearing the end of the Torah portions, and we're gonna, and, and then the cycle of the Torah readings are going to start over again. So this is second to the last. It's called Hazinu, and it's in Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Hazinu means to hear. Uh, it, it, it's, it's called the Song of Moses in most Bibles, but um, it's, the Torah portion is called Hazinu, and it means to hear, to give ear, to listen to to pay attention to, to hearken and to obey. So it's a very important word. And so these are some of the last words of Moses on this earth. This actually, he said this the day he was going to die. He died at 120 years old. He died on his birthday. And this was some of his last words to the children of Israel, his last address. And last words are special. They're very important. And so he teaches them a song. Now, how many know their ABCs? How old were you when you heard A, B, C, D, E, F, G? Everybody knows the ABC song. And no matter how old you are, you're still going to remember that little ditty. And you, putting something to music is one of the best ways to memorize things. Like I remember, uh, you know, in junior church, we had to memorize the books of the Bible. So I decided to, to memorize it. 
uh, through a little Christian rap group at the time called PID, which meant Preachers in Disguise. That was their name. And so they had a Bible rap. And it was like, Genesis, yo, Exodus, and Numbers 2, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy for you, my homeboy Joshua, and Judges, don't you leave out Ruth. And it went through the, and I still know that. And that's how I memorized the books of the Bible. So Moses taught this song to the children of Israel, and it was going to stick in their heads. You know, you get that, like Mike said, I had that song rattling in my head, going to work. You get this song in your head, and this little song worm, and it just bores a hole in your head, and that's all you can think about. And so this song would last through all the generations because Moses taught it to the children of Israel. The children of Israel would teach it to their children and their children and, their, and pass it down. And this song is so important. It will be sung again in eternity. So uh, we're to really pay attention and learn from this song. Now, keep, keep your finger in Deuteronomy 32, and I'm just going to reference something so you don't have to, to turn with me. But in chapter 31, it says in verse 19, now write this song for yourself and teach it to Bnei Israel, meaning the children of Israel. Put it in their mouth so that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. So the Lord commanded Moses to write down this song and to teach it to the children of Israel. So the children of Israel were commanded, commanded to memorize this song. Now in verse 30 of chapter 31, it says, Moses spoke in the hearing of the whole community of Israel, the words of this song right to the end. So it was commanded. So I'm sure that every Hebrew child growing up memorized at the very least what we know as Deuteronomy chapter 32. But in Yeshua's day, a bar mitzvah boy was supposed to you know, have his Torah portion that he was born under memorized, but a lot of children by the time they were 13, it had memorized most of the entire five books of Moses, and every rabbi knew it by heart. And if you go to a synagogue today, they wouldn't just say, Then Moses went and spoke these words to the children of Israel. No, they didn't read. They don't read the Torah. They chant the Torah. So the Torah has what they call cantillation marks. So the entire five books of Moses is put to a rhythm. So it's easily memorized by Jewish people today. It may be something like, then Moses went to spoke and spoke the word to all Israel, or, you know, it would be some sort of rhythmic. So we know that that's a great way to memorize and to learn things. So this song was so important uh, that it was some of the last words of the, of the five books of Moses. And it's mentioned, uh, you know, in, in the last book of the Bible, in the book of Revelation. But before we go there, uh, let's, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 32. And I want to read what's actually not part of the song, but why this song is so important. So in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 32, let's go to verse 40. Okay, yeah, this is the, actually the last half of the song. So it says, yes, I lift my hand up to heaven and say, I myself live forever. When I sharpen my lightning sword and my hand seizes it in judgment, I will return vengeance on my foes. This is the Lord speaking. This is the Lord saying, this is what I'm going to do to all the enemies of Israel. Because the entire song of Moses went through the past, present, and future of Israel and of the existence of Israel and the life of Israel. And some of it wasn't nice. Some of it was like, I'm predicting you're going to go astray and I'm going to have to punish you. 
But when I punish you and use the other nations to punish you and they go too far punishing you, then I'm going to turn around and punish them for going too far. It says, yes, I lift up my hands to heaven. And I say, as I myself live forever, when I sharpen my lightning sword and my hand seizes it in judgment, I will return vengeance on my foes and those who hate me, I will pay back. I will make my arrows drunk with blood and my sword will devour flesh. Sounds kind of like the book of Revelation, don't it? We read stuff like that in Revelation at the Battle of Armageddon. The blood of the slain and the captive, the head of the leader of the, in, of the enemy. Make his people rejoice, O nations, for he will avenge the blood of his servants. He will return vengeance on his foes and atone for the people of, of the land of his people. Hazinu, the song of Moses, is tied to the book of Revelation inextricably tied there's a direct link a direct cord there even the words that i read sounds very apocalyptic very much like the battle of armageddon but this last part of the song even though there were some sad parts prior in the song and predictions that they would go astray israel always knew that god loved them and that god would stick up for them that god would back them up that god would eventually bring them back to him no matter how far they strayed no matter how rebellious they were they could count on the, the love of god so this song is so important um let's let's go to revelation and kind of see where this uh where this kind of takes place so in revelation chapter 15 Revelation chapter 15, starting with verse 1. Revelation 15, 1. Then I saw another great and wonderful sign in heaven, seven angels having the seven plagues, the last one, for with them God's wrath is finished. And I saw something like a sea of glass, mixed with fire and those who had overcome the beast and the image and the number of his name standing by the sea of glass holding harp holding the harps of god and they're singing the song of moses the servant of god and the song of the lamb did you catch that verse three these these saints that were standing by the sea of glass it says they were singing the song of moses have you ever been in a church service or some kind of concert and everybody's like, all right, join in and sing along and you don't know the song and you're looking around, you're like, oh, everybody's going to know I don't know the song. So you're kind of like faking it or, or at the parts you do know, you're like, nah, 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 and then you sing real loud the parts you know. It's awkward, isn't it? So the song of Moses, Hazinu, Deuteronomy chapter 32 is going to be memorized and sung in heaven. It's going to be one of the songs that we sing when we get there. So we at least need to familiarize ourselves with it, you know, shouldn't we? Because it says, And they were singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. What is this song of the Lamb? I'll leave you on a cliffhanger. We'll get into that here in a little bit. So it says, And the song of the Lamb saying, Great and wonderful are your deeds. Adonai Elohei Zevaot. That's Hebrew for the Lord God of armies or the Lord God of hosts. Great and wonderful are your deeds, Lord God of hosts. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who shall not fear? 
or who shall not fear and glorify your name, O Lord? For you alone are holy. All the nations shall come and worship before you. For your, for your righteous acts have been revealed. So I think that is a great passage. So it's interesting to see that Deuteronomy chapter 32, Hazinu, the song of Moses, is actually mentioned in Revelation chapter 15. So the New Testament, I like to call the renewed covenant, is not divorced from the Old Testament, what the Jews call the Tanakh. It is, it's one in the same book. The New Testament was written by Jews for Jews, and then the Gentiles who came in in Acts chapter 15, it was written for all of us, but it was a Jewish document. And it seems like a lot of the early church fathers were very antinomian and anti-Semitic, and they tried to divorce the Jewishness of Scripture from the body of Christ. And so a lot of people just think that the New Testament is just, you know, oh, it just makes the old obsolete, and it's just some kind of new document. We cannot understand the renewed covenant, the New Testament, without a proper understanding of the old. Because that's what it's built on. It's the foundation. It's like the New Testament's the roof, and the Old Testament, or the, the Torah, five books of Moses, is the foundation. And the, and the writings and the prophets are the, are the rest of the house, and you've got the roof, which is like the New Testament. So you've got to understand that. You can't build on a roof. You've got to build on the foundation. And so um, so we just saw this, this song of Moses. So what is this song of the Lamb? Song of the Lamb is in Revelation chapter 5. Song of the Lamb is in Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 through 14. Now, there's another song of Moses. We know that Deuteronomy 32, Hazinu, is the song of Moses. But there's another song of Moses that's also referred to, and it's in Exodus chapter 15, and this is called the Song by the Sea. This was right after the Exodus, right after the splitting and the parting of the Red Sea, and they went across the children of Israel on dry ground, and the sea closed over the Egyptians and just wiped them all out. And it was a song that Miriam led with the women, with the tambourines. And it's also referred to sometimes as the song of Moses, but more accurately, the song by the sea. So we see there's two songs of Moses, but it's differentiated. One is the song of the sea. One is the song of Moses. So the song of Moses, Deuteronomy 32, is the one that's going to be sung in heaven, as well as the song of the lamb, as we read, because Revelation chapter 5, beginning with verse 9. And they are singing a new song, saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you redeemed for god those from every tribe and tongue and people and nation you have made them for our god a kingdom of priests kohanim and they shall reign upon the earth then i looked and i heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands they were chanting with a loud voice worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and i heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and everything in them respond to the one seated on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Amen. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. You know, like when you're, if you're a hockey fan or a fight fan or whatever sports fan or fan you are, and you see a great play, you see a great move, you can't help but jump out of your seat and shout. 
You don't even realize you're doing it till you're doing it. And I think that's the way we're going to praise God. We're going to be just jumping and shouting and not realizing we're doing it until we're doing it because we can't help but praise God. We can't help to praise the lamb that is worthy. So who is it that will be singing the song of Moses and the song of the lamb? We find that answer in Revelation chapter 12. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, we're going to find out who will be singing the song of Moses and the song of the lamb. So it says, so the dragon became enraged at the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her offspring. Those who keep the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Yeshua. Let me read that again. These are the people that are going to be singing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. Those who keep the commands of God. How many times have we heard that they've been done away with? How many times have we heard that they're irrelevant to us? But these are the commands of God. The, the word for law doesn't just mean law. It means instructions. Would you say that God's instructions for our livelihood, our living, is done away with? No, of course not. He even, Yeshua himself even said, Think not that I've come to destroy the Torah, the law, the prophets, and the writings. I've not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And that Greek word fulfill means to bring into its full and complete meaning and understanding. Why? So that we can do it. And he lived it out before us so that we can do it correctly. And not by ritualistic rote, not by tradition, not by custom. So I think it's very interesting here that it says, those who keep the commands of God and hold the testimony of Yeshua. That's obviously talking about believers, but knowing who I am and where I come from, the way I read it, these are Messianic Jews. These are Jews that are keeping Torah and preaching Jesus. And that just excites me to no end. Those who are obedient to the Torah and proclaim the salvation of Yeshua's Messiah. These are the ones that's going to be singing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. Can you say that you're going to be one of those when that day comes that you will be singing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb? I sure do hope so. So this is how important the song of Moses is. Not only the song of Moses, but the entire five books of Moses. This is what is said in Deuteronomy chapter 32, if you're still there. Chapter 47, and this is one of my absolute favorite verses. For it, meaning the Song of Moses and implying the entire five books of Moses, the Torah, the law, the instructions. For it is not an empty thing for you. So, did you ever know your parents to give rules just for the heck of giving rules? I mean, usually they had a reason to give certain rules. And sometimes you ask them and they'd say, because I said so. Yes. And the reason they said that is because, look, you're too young to understand the intricate reasons why. Just trust me because I say so. I've got a good reason. You're just too young to understand it right now. So sometimes that's what God says to us, because I said so. But it says, for it, implying the song of Moses and implying the five books of Moses, the Torah, for it is not an empty thing for you. It's not just something arbitrary. One thing I hated most at jobs and in school is when an employer or a teacher would give you busy work. You know what busy work is, right? 
work that, that, why am I doing this? This is just wasting my time. Okay, well, I want you guys just to write out the alphabet 10 times. Why? We know it. That's busy work. We're in third grade for crying out loud. Why are we doing that? It's busy work. You know, or you're at, you're at, you're at the job and there's really nothing to do. And the boss is like, well, why don't you just pick up a broom and go over there and just sweep that little corner? Make it look like you're working. Yeah, make it look like you're working. That's busy work. There's no meaning, no purpose to it. And what Moses is saying here, what the Lord is telling Moses, is that this law is not arbitrary. It's not busy work. It's not just something I felt like giving you to oppress you, something I felt like giving you to keep you busy. He said, it is not an empty thing for you. Some translations say a vain thing for you. Why? It says, because it is your life. Because it is your life. Let that sink in. God's word. The very words that came out of the mouth of God to Moses to transmit to the children of Israel and to the mixed multitude, he says, this is your life. This is what you live for. This is what it's all about. This is your life. And this is your life referring to the song of Moses. Now, when I was young and I would watch wrestling, sometimes you would hear a certain song. You're like, oh, my favorite wrestler's coming out because that was his theme song. And he would come barreling down the aisle and into the ring, and man, he would just clean the mat with everybody. And you got excited when you heard that song. This is Israel's theme song. This is the song they heard and started cheering. Yeah, that's our song. So, you know, sometimes when Pam and I are driving down the road and we got the radio on, and it says, dun, 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 da, da, dun, 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 when I wake up. I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. Like, ooh, that's our song. <laughs> and I would walk 500 miles. Right. That, I was like, that's our song. We get excited because that's the song we dedicated to ourselves. This Hazinu is Israel's song. And when they heard it, and it was likely sung at special occasions. It was likely sung at least every seven years during the sabbatical year during the Feast of Tabernacles. But it was like their theme song, and when they heard it, they got excited. Just like a crowd. You know, I'm from, from Ohio. So let's say it's an OSU and Michigan game, right? Michigan's their arch enemy. When you heard that Buckeye song and the band play that, everybody's like, yeah, because they knew their team was coming out. They're going to destroy the, the Wolverines. They're going to destroy Michigan. That was the theme song, and it got everybody pumped and excited. This was Israel's theme song. It got them excited. It reminded them of their history, which kept them rooted and grounded. It reminded them of what God was going to do if they were disobedient, and that God would bring them back when they were disobedient because he loved them. So, for it is not an empty thing for you, because it is your life. And by this word, you will prolong your days on the land which you cross over to possess. If you want to keep your car in tip-top shape, you're going to follow the owner's manual. It tells you what the tire pressure should be, what the optimum oil level and transmission fluid and routine maintenance. When you do that, you're going to keep your car in pristine condition and you can sell it at a good price. So it's like he says, you will prolong your days in the land that you're crossing over. The more you obey my word, the longer you're going to stay in the land. They were taken away in Babylonian exile in 70 AD. And Israel was taken off to Assyrian captivity. They're still lost. 
They're still out there. Some people are walking around on the earth and Israelites and Hebrews and don't even know it. Only Judah returned after the after the captivity. Um, well, I said 70 AD. That was when the temple was destroyed. That wasn't when the Babylonian captivity was. 70 AD is when the temple was destroyed. But the Babylonian captivity, they returned from that. That was during Daniel and Ezra's time. So in these last days, people are waking up to how the church fathers have wrongfully uh, ripped, the, ripped us away from the Hebraic roots of the faith. And now in the last days, people are starting to return to it and understand and starting to practice. And this is what was prophesied was going to happen, that there was going to be a return, a return to a pure tongue, a, a, a pure language. And see, this return to the obedience of God's word goes beyond denomination, goes beyond tradition, goes beyond sect. Because people have lived through hypocrisy. People have lived through charlatans, scams, and shams within the religious community. And they say, we're tired of it. We want the real. We want the genuine. And this is what the Lord told me my last few years of Bible college when I was discouraged. I was like, why am I even a believer? Why am I even going to church? What's the point of all this? Is there more than just this? Because I want more. And the Lord told me, get back to the first century. So when we get back to the first century believers, the way that they practice, the way that they love, the way that they live, the way that they worshiped, we're getting back to what God wants us to be. And it's connected to Hazinu. And Hazinu is connected to the book of Revelation. How awesome is that? The song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. Not meaning that they're just unbelieving Jews. They are Jewish believers. They are Gentile believers who've been grafted in to the olive tree. How exciting is that? Are you guys excited about that? I am. I just put in a name. Yeah? I'm not sure. Okay. I just want a name. I'm thinking Hazinu. <laughs> it's a t-shirt. Hazinu. People will ask, what is it? Yeah, what is it? What's Hazinu? Uh, so, may we be about his word which goes above nationalism, goes above denominationalism, goes beyond culture and creed. The word is our final authority regarding all things. How many times has custom and tradition superseded the word of God, not only in Judaism, but in Christianity? Why do we do it? Because we have always done it that way. Well, doesn't the word say this? Oh, yeah, that doesn't matter. It's just this is the way we do it. No, the word is our final authority on everything that we say and do. And if we're not doing it by the word, we're not doing it right. Regardless of great-grandpappy so-and-so did it that way in church in 1800s. we got to get back to the pure, unadulterated word of God, and we got to figure how to do that in a 21st century way. They did it in the first century. And for 2,000 years, we've slowly divorced ourselves and slowly got away from that. And now in the last days, the Lord is trying to get his remnant, and he's bringing us back to that First century point. Let's, uh, I want to close with a blessing over the reading of the word and then close in a word of prayer. But the, but the word of the Lord endures forever. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divide asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It is a tree of life for them that lay hold upon it, and happy is everyone that retaineth it.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the great message in Hazinu, how Deuteronomy 32 is connected to the book of Revelation. How exciting is that? And it just goes to show and to prove that, that the word of God, Old Testament and New Testament, those are just man-made arbitrary designations. It's literally one book. And it's so exciting that something that, that began the nation of Israel, right when they were on the cusp of conquering the promised land, is going to be the victory song that we sing in heaven along with the song of the lamb that excites me so much lord make us hungry make us hungry for your word and put a distaste in our mouth for the things of this world that is sicky sweet and just takes our attention away and our appetites away and ruins our appetite for the word because in this last day we need our nose in the book more than ever before we need to be pounding the pavement for the lord more than ever before putting tracks in people's hands, sharing the gospel, sharing our testimony of salvation of people. Because, Lord, if these people that we see every day, that we know are lost, that we pass by on the street, if they end up in hell and we have that chance to tell them their blood is going to be on our hands, and we want to fulfill that great commitment. These were the last words of Moses to the children of Israel. Your son's last words to us is to go and preach the gospel, making disciples of all nations. And help us to do that, Lord. For we ask and pray these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. And as we end with the ironic benediction, and we're going to go right into our time of communion. Return, O Lord, unto the many thousands of Israel. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Yeshua's name, amen.